Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. The 2020 basketball season is set to resume. It's time for the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show. Brought to you by All Right Home Remodeling and s Insulation on the fan. Here is your host for tonight's show, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Welcome in. It is the Wendy's Big Show. Serving up hot and fresh here on the fan. I'm just playing with you. Figured 6 o'clock, maybe I'd fool some people. Like, what's Sparky doing on doing the big show right now? No, I'm just joking. It's the 2020 Bubble Preview Show. Brought to you by All Right Home and Remodeling and s and Installation Show here on The Fan. Thanks to both of those companies for sponsoring uh, the show. First time I've ever done it. Been at the station since we started in 2005. I never thought I would ever put into words the 2020 bubble preview show, Mitch Ross. Uh, Mitch Ross, of course, uh, has been with me pretty much from the start, right? Have you been with me pretty much from the start doing the Bucks post-game shows? And yeah, stuff? Do, doing most of them, a lot of them. The last, yeah. uh, uh, since 20, Decade or so? Since 2013, for sure. So probably probably the 2012-2013 the yeah. season. So a long time. Mayor Mitch and I have been together. He'll be with me for the rest of the season uh, doing post-game shows after games. The Pick and Save Pro Hoops post-game show presented to you by Mercedes-Benz. And Milwaukee North comes up Friday night after the Bucks take on the Celtics, their first regular season game. Uh, and we'll talk more about that as we get uh, deeper into this show. But coming up on tonight's show, uh, I'm looking forward to it. Jim Paschke. Play-by-play voice forever in a day for the Milwaukee Bucks on Fox Sports Wisconsin. Him and Marcus Johnson do the games. And see Novak will hop in and do some games. Of course, him and John McLaughlin did games forever uh, as well. John McLaughlin will join us on the Wendy's Big Show coming up on Friday afternoon. Looking forward to talking to Johnny Mack. So he's at 620. Then at 645, 648 or so, Jared Greenberg will join us from NBA Radio, NBA TV, TNT, he's on the call for the Clippers and Lakers, or he'll be at the game, not on the call, but uh, he'll be reporting uh, from the game uh, Lakers and Clippers coming up on Thursday night on TNT. That's tomorrow night, uh, opening night in the NBA. 7 o'clock, Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, Bucks beat writer. He joins us uh, each and every postgame show uh, throughout the season. Looking forward to uh, checking in and how he's doing. And then at 7.35, Larry Harris former Bucks GM, puts a smile on my face to say his name, all the memories and times we've had on the radio together. Uh, he'll join us coming up at 735 and kind of give a wider scope uh, look of things as far as what that Western Conference looks like, uh, teams that the Clippers and Lakers may have to deal with. You know, earlier uh, this afternoon on the Wendy's Big Show, we talked about this ESPN uh, deal of predictions that they've made, and the Clippers are the team that they're picking to win the West with eight of the 16 uh, people voting for the Lakers. Uh, the Bucks ended up with four votes, the Lakers with three votes, uh, and somebody actually uh, said the Toronto Raptors without Kawhi Leonard 
uh, may win this whole thing, which is which is fine, really, at, at the end of the day, if that's where everybody is at. And, and I said earlier on, on the show that for me, when you match up the Bucks versus the Lakers and the Clippers and you say, OK, stars versus stars, right? That's what the NBA is. The NBA is a star league. So it's Giannis and Chris Middleton. That's our stars against Anthony Davis and LeBron James. Not advantage Bucks. Uh, then Bucks versus Clippers, Middleton and Giannis versus Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. That is not advantage Milwaukee Bucks either. I don't think. And my buddy Peanut Gallery, I was listening during the big show, and he said, "Hey man," he said, I, "Middleton may not be a sexy number two, but he's got better numbers than most number twos in the league." You know, with how many points he's averaging per game and rebounds and everything else, and that's very true. You know, when you match up one and two versus any team in the Eastern Conference at this point, right? You want to talk about Siakam and Lowry or however you want to match up Toronto, Bucks all day, right? Jalen Brown uh, and Jason Tatum for the Celtics, Bucks all day. Take the Bucks all day. Uh, Embiid, and then pick one for the 76ers. Simmons, Tobias Harris, whoever. Bucks all day. Uh, in that one as well, or Embiid and Al Horford, if you want to put Horford as their number two, whatever. Still, Bucks all day. There's not a team in the East whose top two players match up against the Bucks, and you say they're better. In the West, there are two teams that you can make that observation, and that's it. There is no more. There is no top two teams and, well, Utah with Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. No, they don't match up with Giannis and Chris Middleton. They're not in that category yet. Uh, the Rockets, Harden and Westbrook. Interesting conversation, I guess, but Harden don't play any defense. We all know this. And Westbrook is as streaky as they come. So for me, now Mayor Mitch may disagree, for me, I'm still riding with Giannis and Chris Middleton over James Harden and Russell Westbrook. Where are you going on that one, Mitch? <laughs> Probably Giannis and Middleton, but I'm biased. I think it's pretty close. Uh, Westbrook is probably not as good as he was two years ago, three years ago, four years ago. Uh, he also had the COVID thing as well uh, come down a couple of weeks ago. He seems to be back, and I think he's yep. good to go there. Um, Harden is a top five player. Giannis is a top one, dare I say, player in yeah. the NBA. Agree. Uh, he's today. the best player in the NBA. He's going to win back-to-back MVPs, folks. Every game the Bucks play going forward for probably the next, I don't know, hopefully five, six, eight years or more, they're probably going to have the best player on the court. Doesn't that feel – well, yeah, hopefully. Hopefully he's still here long-term. Oh, he will get, be. We get past that. I mean, I, like I said before, I, I'm i pretty much – Let's save that conversation. 95% sure that uh, he's coming back. The Malika Andrews stuff, she always concerns me because she's definitely locked in somewhere. The thing that comforts me is Eric Name because – I always tell name he's a Brian Windhorst to Giannis, right? Windhorst to LeBron is name to Giannis. That's how I view the relationship. Nobody knows LeBron better. Nobody's gonna makes more money off of LeBron than Brian Windhorst. I only hope the money falls into Eric Name's lap the same way it has for Brian Windhorst. When we talk about when Name comes on and he's on tomorrow on the Wendy's Big Show at three forty eight, starting to make his weekly appearances again, he says, "Yeah." Don't even worry about this. Like, let's not even have the conversation. He's back. He's not going anywhere. Like, just everybody relax. So that makes me feel better to others that make me feel nervous. And being a Bucks fan, as we all know, we always kind of wait for the other shoe to drop, right? 
You have the best record in basketball and a pandemic hits for the first time in 100 years. Think about that. You had the best record in basketball and a pandemic hit. Come on. You can't make this stuff up. You just cannot make this stuff up. So now, you want to talk about waiting for the other shoe to drop? Watch. It's going to be Lakers, Bucks, Finals, and everything's going to get shut down. And it'll never and it'll never end up getting played. It'll be the first year without a champion. It'll be what if, what would have happened if those two teams finally would have played it out, or Clippers, Bucks, whatever, and they'll shut the whole thing down. Everything will get shut down across the country, and everybody will be told, uh, all right, shut everything down. We're starting all over again with this pandemic thing where everybody's told to stay inside and everything's getting shut down. At this point, really, it it truly would not surprise me because looking at how this whole thing plays out, they have every chance, and this is not being a Bucs fan, this is being realistic, they have every chance to win the NBA championship this year. There's You can argue it 10, 20 times over about how they may lose, but you can argue 10 or 20 times over how they're going to win. That has to be exciting if you're a Bucs fan right now. You got to get juiced knowing. If you're like me, 44, then you may not see an NBA championship in your lifetime as a Bucs fan. Ten years ago, if I would have said, hey, Bucs are going to win a championship and they're going to have the best player in the league for a decade, every one of you would have laughed hysterically and said, Sparky, I love your optimism and your dreams, but you are out of your mind. We're Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Like, how is that going to happen? We get the number one pick. We take Andrew Bogut. We get the number one pick. We take Glenn Big Dog Robinson. Now, in fairness, I was for the Big Dog pick. Had no problem with it whatsoever. In my opinion, he was the best player that year in college basketball. Had no issues. Bogut, I wanted Marvin Williams, and thank God they didn't do that because that would have been very, very wrong. Fast forward, Marvin Williams is now on the Bucks. Bogut's out of the league, and Marvin Williams may win a championship with your Milwaukee Bucks now. It is crazy how time flies. It really is. It's just crazy as a Bucks fan where we were to where we are to the boy, oh boy, if Michael Red and Andrew Bogut can only stay healthy, watch out. Here we go. Bogut goes up for a dunk, gets shoved, crashes to the ground, out comes the stretcher and everything else, and Bogut's career is pretty much never the same after that. And if you remember, Bogan was on his way to finally turning the corner in this league. He was blocking shots. He was aggressive at the rim. I'm a big Andrew Bogan fan. I love Bogan. But that was it. That changed everything for Bogan going forward and changed everything for the Bucks. Or how about the draft lottery where Durant was coming out? It was Durant and knucklehead Greg Oden. Remember? He was in the draft. Al Horford was in the draft. He, was go- he went third, I believe. If there's no lottery, the Bucks pick three. They would have had Horford. He would have had Al Horford. Instead, it's the first time in NBA history that all three of the worst teams in the NBA missed the lottery on the same year. The first time it's ever happened. Who did the Bucks get? E. Gian Leon. That sucked. Right? All that suffering and all that agonizing as a Bucks fan is going to pay off this year. It's going to pay off right now. It's going to pay off. It is going to pay off. They are going to do this. 
one way or the other, they're going to get this done. I got myself fired up. Good thing Jim Paschke wasn't the first guest on the show. I'd be yelling at him the whole segment. Good thing he's not. Jim Paschke is going to come up on the next segment. Where are we going first, Merriman? Let's go to Trav and Brown Deer. Trav, you're up on the fan. What's up, Trav? How's it going? All right. Uh, Steve. Hi. Sparky. Yeah. Right? Yep. I was worried about the Kobe thing, right? And yeah, uh, that still is in the back of my brain. It's not front and center like it was. And, and the Kobe thing is right, Kobe right. Bryant passes away. And everybody's like, well, here we go. Right. The Lakers are going to roll to a championship. Everything's going to break their way. Lakers yeah. are going to win it for Kobe and so forth. Right. But 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 I agree. I think things have changed. And uh, I think, uh, you know what? If the seasons, they, they should just have the Bucks and Lakers played out seven games. And I think the Bucks win in four. You, know? you think they sweep them? Push. What? You think they not, sweep not, the Lakers? They don't sweep them. Uh, six. Six. Six games. Yeah, yep. I was going to say, don't call in the Leroy and tell him that no, his no, Lakers no, are going to no, get no, swept. No, 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 Right, yeah. Yeah. But right. I, I, I think that's – if you you shouldn't have – you know, that's – you know, all this and, you know, you're going to – you know, the players left from uh, Disney World to go to Magic City, Right. Oh, that's Lou Williams. I don't want to get on that. Thanks for the call. Look, okay, I'll get into it a little bit. Can we just stop with all this stuff? Really? Who cares? I I, I don't care. He didn't come back into the bubble and infect 10 dudes. This isn't the Marlins situation, allegedly, of whatever they all decided to go out and party together as a group and then walked back into the clubhouse and got everybody else sick. That's not what happened. That dude went out fine. A, I don't know how many people were in that building when he was in there. I have no idea. I have no idea where else he was when he was on the trip. He was there for a funeral to begin with. Now, again, could he have went somewhere more appropriate than Magic City to get wings? Probably. He claims it's the best place to have wings in Atlanta. Others on the internet have agreed with him, and that very well may be. But in this time... Not the best of looks when you're in a bubble. It's not baseball where they said, hey, do what you want. Just be responsible. That's what baseball said. Football, after the Lou Williams thing happened, did you see what football did this week, last weekend? Football, NFLPA said, okay, everybody, we're going to have rules. Now, this is not the owners. This is a player association, right? J.C. Trey, we're going to have rules. So this is the deal. Anywhere where there's 15 or more people, you are not allowed. If you are caught. Anywhere, restaurant or otherwise, with 15 or more people, you will be fined and you may be put on the exempt list and not get paid until we determine when we're going to take you off the list during the season. That's harsh. That That's going to get them. Ain't nobody going to be messing around on that deal. The NBA clearly did not think that far out in front. They weren't that far out in front of this deal. NBA is doing good things. They had a, a pretty big major announcement today. Silver has pretty much gotten this thing on lock. Another major announcement today that benefits people outside of the bubble, that benefits people like you and me, the NBA, stepping up again to help others. I'll tell you what that's all about. Coming up next, Jim Paschke. He is a play-by-play voice on Fox Sports Wisconsin for your Milwaukee Bucks. We'll talk with him next right here on the the Wendy's Big Show. I almost did it again on the 2020 Bubble Preview Show. 
You're listening to the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Brought to you by All Right Home Remodeling and SE Insulation on the Fan. This is going to be a fun one right here. We get to talk with the play by play voice of your Milwaukee Bucks. Jim Paschke of Fox Sports Wisconsin joins us now here on the Fan. Jim, thanks so much for coming on. Sparky, it's great to be with you, and it's great to be back with NBA basketball. <laughs> All right, so fill me in here. So where is Jim Paschke is and going to be doing the games going forward here when the games get going? Well, we put the last three scrimmages on Bucks.com, and we were at the essentially where Fox has its pre- and post-game set at Pfizer Forum on the concourse. For the games coming up starting on Friday against Boston Sparky, we will be in the Bucks locker room, and I believe there will be a pre- and post area, perhaps the media room. Uh, I'm not quite sure where Zora and Craig Kashan and Steve Novak will be, but we will have a couple of rooms at minimum uh, at Pfizer Forum, and we will work from there for the entirety of uh, the eight seeding games and the first round of the playoffs. So is everybody for the Bucks down down in uh, Florida? Is Peter Fagan down there? Like, who all went from the front office? Well, there's a bit of a question about how many each team was able to take. I had seen 37. Uh, we believe now it might be 35, so somewhere in that area. And when you look at the traveling party, I went through it a few weeks ago, and I had trouble getting to 37. So if there are 35, it's pretty lean. There were some people that weren't able to go to the bubble. So I don't believe that anyone from the front office on the business side is there at this point. Now, as teams are eliminated in Orlando in the playoffs, then, of course, there'll be fewer people in the bubble. And I do believe the league intends to allow a few people. I'm not sure how they're going to do this, but I think that they will allow some family members for the players as they whittle down to, let's say, four teams remaining, perhaps. I'm not sure what the plan is on that. And then I think maybe if your team is in the finals, maybe a few people from the organization may be invited down. Uh, details forthcoming. Because I'm thinking if I'm an owner, I want to be in this bubble. If I'm Peter Fagan, I want to be in the bubble. Obviously, John Horse has to be in the bubble, and the entire coaching staff and trainers have to be involved uh, in that bubble as well. And then from a media relations standpoint, they have at least one down there inside the bubble, right? Dan Smichek is the one in the bubble. Uh, from from that standpoint, I, I'm kind of jealous. I got to tell you, because I'm a huge Disney World dork, Jim Paschke. Like, <laughs> I had a podcast, the the World According to Sparky, and we did we talked Disney World every week and did all of that, and a, a little jealous of this whole thing. But at the same time, it's got to kind of stink too, because again, if if the Bucks do what they're supposed to do, and that is go to the NBA Finals, everybody's away from their families for like three months. Unless they're allowed down when you get to the finals or something like that. Uh, John Horst is there and has been there from the beginning. Um, I do believe, now that you mentioned the owners, I think they have made allowances, and I don't know if it's currently or perhaps when the seeding games begin. I do believe the principal ownership from all of the teams that are there might be able to attend. I'm not quite sure about that. You know, all of this information is coming in and unfolding as we go through this. And uh, it's kind of hard to keep uh, absolute track of everything that's going on. I don't know if the rides are open, so Disney's a little bit different, but you can still play golf, and there's a lot of things to do. The guys have been fishing at times, and uh, so they're keeping busy, but within the bubble. 
You know, the other thing about this is talking with Jim Paschke of Fox Sports Wisconsin, uh, talking about the Bucks here, is I was talking about this in the first segment, and you've been through all of this. If I would have told you 10 years ago that this team uh, would be the best team in basketball and would have an MVP that could be here for a decade on its roster, you would have laughed at me like everybody else had anybody predicted this 10 years ago. Well, I mean, you know, yes and no. I mean, it, based on where we would have been 10 years ago, it would have been a stretch. Exactly. You know, when you're working in an organization day to day for a long period of time, you, uh, you know, we've sold hope over the years, but you do have that expectation that there might come a time when things fell into place. All the tumblers clicked properly and you would maybe see this happen. Could you predict it? No. Could you think it possible? Yes. And, you know, lo and behold, it happened here with the 15th pick in the draft one year, and, and look where they are. So you never know. Uh, I never hold out hope, and I never uh, expect things to uh, always stay in bad shape either. So uh, it, it takes a long time. The cycles are long for a lot of markets, and Milwaukee's cycle has been long, but uh, it's nice to be riding the crest of the wave right now. You're definitely more level-headed than I've been over the last 10 or 15 years. <laughs> I think we both agree with that. Uh, what about this? Do you ever find yourself in, like, a timeout? And it's going to be really weird with this whole bubble thing. But, like, when there was actually fans in the stands and the whole deal in Milwaukee, do you ever find yourself in a timeout and just start chuckling like, this is crazy. Like, this team is so good, and I get paid to watch the best player in the league play basketball on a night-in, night-out basis. Well, it's fantastic, and – um you know, Giannis has made it different for me because, I, you know, I broadcast a certain way and you're looking around, you're doing things, you're looking at uh, stats and all of that. Sure. When Giannis is on the floor, I get caught all the time because he's so explosive. Uh, you know, he trips me up constantly. So I really have to remind myself when he's out there, everything else is off. And we still, uh, I still make mistakes with that because you never know when he's going to do something. And you know that he's always capable of all of that. So, uh, yes, it's been wonderful the last few years, and we're going to feel that now without fans because I say it this way, Sparky, you know, I've always enjoyed and really got into sports a long time ago for the spectacle of sports. I appreciate the spectacle of all of this. And when you take the fans away, the spectacle goes away to a great degree, obviously, but it's just not the same. So I miss the fans. I will miss the fans through these eight games and through the playoffs. Uh, it's just, um, you know, it's going to be interesting to adjust, but it's still basketball. We do have basketball, and that's the most important thing, I suppose. But the spectacle has been – the shine is off the spectacle a little bit without the fans. Would you say of the teams that we've seen with Giannis, this is probably the deepest team that he's had to play with? Oh, without question. I, in my 34 seasons, this is clearly the best team. The 2001 team was – a very solid team, a very good team, but I always made the statement you know, that team could lose as often as it could win. It just happened to win more than it lost. They were a little up and down and a little strange. That whole deal was uh, tough to figure out. That locker room was a lot successful. different. That locker room was a lot different than this locker room. Oh, it sure was. <laughs> These guys really, truly get along. They really, yep. truly like each other. And I see that on planes. I see that on buses. I see that at practice and shoot arounds. And, and it's real. I, and I think that's a big part of the success. And that, of course, starts at the top. I mean, it's a culture. Uh, you know, we've talked about culture for a long time in Milwaukee, and we've tried to change the culture over periods of time with the Bucks, and they've been able to do it now. And uh, these players are serious. 
They take care of each other on and off the court. They're constantly in contact. I think they really, truly do like each other. And I think those are the teams that probably have a good shot at winning championships. Talking with Jim Paschke, uh, Bucks play-by-play announcer on Fox Sports Wisconsin here on the Wendy's Big Show. Uh, you know, this is a sports talk radio thing I'm going to ask you, uh, but I'm going to put you on the spot here. Who is that that X-factor guy, do you think, that, that's going to have that big run possibly in the postseason that maybe people aren't talking about right now? For the Bucks, I think maybe Kyle Korver. I'm looking at him. Uh, what I saw in the second scrimmage and the way he was shooting the ball was amazing, and everybody's healthy now. I think he could really – you know, do some things at key points. He's very savvy, level-headed. He's been there. He's been in big games. He can certainly hit big shots. And uh, I'm keeping my own eye on him as being maybe an X-factor. Wesley Matthews defensively is going to be a difference this year as opposed to last year. And then, uh, you know, there'll be somebody else. Robin Lopez will contribute too. So they have multiple people. George Hill, uh, Ursan Ilyasova is going to come up with a big moment. You know that at no some doubt. point in the playoffs. Yep. So I, I think they have a lot of uh, pieces that are going to contribute at different times. But I've kind of been keying in on, on Corver as maybe that uh, that little extra piece. I got to tell you, I, I really, maybe unfairly, but I, I really have a spotlight on Eric Bledsoe uh, personally. Because to me, and let me know if you disagree, to me it just feels like when Bledsoe, Middleton, and Giannis are playing, Bledsoe sometimes tends to fall into the shadow and let the other two do what they do. When Giannis is out, Bledsoe tends to be more aggressive. When Middleton is out, Bledsoe tends to be more aggressive. And we can't seem to get Bledsoe to be as aggressive when the other two are there. And I really think if he can be that aggressive like he is when one of them are out, I think that could be the difference for this team, possibly winning a championship or not. I think you've described a very critical and positive situation for the Bucks because when Giannis and Middleton and Bledsoe are playing together, you know, it's all about math. You know, there's only so many minutes. There's only so many points. There's only so many touches. And if Bledsoe drops back just a little bit offensively when those two are out there, it works. The one thing you should always remember, in my opinion, if you're a Bucks fan, is Eric Bledsoe, whether his offense seems to be off or not, is probably playing elite-level all-NBA defense. And that's huge. That's absolutely huge. And now add Wesley Matthews to that, and I think that is going to be a big factor in the playoffs. Jim, what makes Mike Budenholzer such a, a great coach? I mean, you've you've seen a number of coaches come through here. Chris Ford, George Carl, Terry Stotts, Larry Kraskoviak, all, all these different guys that have come through. What separates Budenholzer from, from those guys? And we've had coaches who have been in San Antonio before as assistants or they pass through and they, they have a semblance of what that organization was all about. And, you know, you hear things, you see things, but this is the first time in my career in Milwaukee that I really see what the San Antonio system is. And it's, it's very positive. Uh, Coach Budenholzer is extremely organized, very even keel. Sparky, I can tell you that I don't even know if he raised his voice. I didn't make every practice this year, but I remember one practice last year where he might've raised his voice a little bit. It was in training camp and maybe a little bit this year, very even keel. Uh, he keeps things very professional, light, and business-like, and this team is nothing if not absolutely business-like every single day. They have their mantras, let it fly, do it again when it comes to defense, get better every day, and be us, and they do those things without fail. And he just has a great relationship with his coaching staff, and all of that filters down to a great relationship with the players. It's an organizational thing. It's thought out. They have simplified the game. 
the coaches have done all the work in terms of game plans and how you run offenses, how you run defenses, and they really have simplified it, and that allows the players to be themselves and bring their best talents to the front every night. And the players absolutely love that. If you can just play basketball and it works within the system that the coaching staff has devised, you're a happy camper. One last one for you, Jim. Chris Middleton, for a number of years, uh, has been a lightning rod on this radio station for sure. Uh, to the point where on postgame shows, I've done Chris Middleton appreciation postgame shows because sometimes I feel bad with how bad it kind of gets on Middleton. How does Middleton handle kind of everything that goes along with being that second guy to Giannis, having signed the contract that he signed, and everything that goes along with it? Perfectly. I've never felt that Chris Middleton has altered who he is and what he's here for one time. Uh, He's the same every day. He has the same attitude. It's a great attitude. I think I made the comment the other night, Sparky, during one of our scrimmages that I'm not sure people always remember what an elite defender he has become. We're always talking about his offense and this and that. I mean, he is, you know, he doesn't get that second superstar status, but I'm telling you what, you know, if you can't have, uh, you know, two absolute elite superstars, I'm taking Chris Middleton as a number two guy. I think he's perfect with Giannis. And I think he and Bledsoe fit into what you described earlier in that mathematical situation. They read things very well. If Giannis is having a big night, Chris can back off a little bit, and then he's there when he needs to be, et cetera. And that's what makes this team great is their ability to read situations, not worry about themselves. Now, the biggest thing this year for me, the numbers that Giannis has put up and the numbers Chris Middleton in particular have put up with the minutes played is astounding. Giannis is under 31 minutes a game, and he's an MVP, 63rd in the league in minutes played. I mean, it's crazy. Uh, Dennis Schroeder is ahead of him in minutes played by one-tenth of a minute per game. But that just tells you how efficient these players have been in this system. And Chris Middleton, to me, is there every single night. Sure, we all have bad days at the office. But, boy, I'll tell you what, I'll take take 95 out of 100 of his days and, and go to battle with anybody. Jim, thanks so much for coming on, perfectly said, and uh, look forward to talking to you throughout the season, even though it's it's only eight games, and then we get to the postseason, then the fun really begins. Well, it's always great to talk basketball with you. I'm sorry it's been so long, but uh, let's enjoy this run, and let's hope it's, what, a three-month run or so? I think it's October 13th. If it goes to a Game 7, I'm hoping it doesn't go to a Game 7, and I hope the Bucks are in the final. So we'll see. Let's keep our heads up and enjoy this. Uh, it doesn't come around that much, Sparky. Yeah, I know that as much as you do. No question. Jim, <laughs> thanks so much for coming out, man. Appreciate it. My pleasure. There Anytime. he is, Jim Paschke on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. As your passion outgrown your home, a Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Jared Greenberg of NBA TV and TNT will join us coming up in about 10 minutes or so. Up next, I'm going to expand a little bit when we were talking with Jim Paschke as far as who might be that X-Factor player that might break out here in the postseason for the Bucks. He said Kyle Korver. I'll tell you who I think it should be. Coming up next here on the 2020 Bubble Preview Show presented to you by All Right Home Remodeling. You're listening to the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Brought to you by All Right Home Remodeling and s Insulation on the fan. Welcome back. 
Coming up, Jared Greenberg of TNT and NBA TV will join us in about eh, seven minutes uh, or so. We will talk with him. Matt Alaska is the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. Top of the hour from uh, talking about the Milwaukee Bucks. He's not in the bubble, but we'll get his thoughts on how the Bucks are looking as we get closer. Uh, update on the uh, Brewers game. Ben Gamble, uh, I believe, with a two-run homer just now. Put the ball that's not water. I don't think that's why. I think that was just out of the stadium, though, either way. 2 nothing. now. Brewers up three uh, in the uh, third inning. 2 nothing. Brewers lead in the third. So, yeah, so Matt Velasquez at 7 o'clock. And then Larry Harris, former Bucks GM, now with the Golden State Warriors. He'll join us coming up at 7.35. We're talking about X-Factors uh, and who may be that guy for the Bucks as you get into the postseason. Jim Paschke, who joined us in the last segment, brought up Kyle Korver. That was his guy that he looked at and said, hey, he could be a difference maker, and he's absolutely right. It, because if if Corver gets hot from the outside, it could be a difference in a game. It could be a difference in, in a series uh, if he gets hot shooting the three. For me, I'm going to go right back to what I just said to Jim Paschke. It's Eric Bledsoe. I, I need Eric Bledsoe to be aggressive. I don't, And I tell Eric Bledsoe this too, but I was Moonholzer. I don't care if you go two for ten and a half. I don't care. I need you to be aggressive. Whether that's shooting the jumper, whether that's getting to the rim, I don't mind him at the at the free throw line. Let Bledsoe go to the free throw line ten times in a game. I'm confident with Bledsoe at the line. No problem. Go ahead, be aggressive. And from that perspective, you know, back in the day, Sam Cassell, uh, we should get him on this show too. Cassell's so good. Cassell back in the day, when he was with the Bucks and he had Glenn and Ray, he he would always talk about hey. I, I want to get those two going first. I'll get my offense within the flow of the game. But I know I got to get Glenn an easy jumper, easy basket early to keep him involved on the other side of the floor. I have to get Ray going offensively a, a couple of times down the floor, get him a couple baskets to keep him involved on the other side of the floor. Otherwise, they're not going to be involved in the other side of the floor, and they're going to be worried about their offense. And that's something that's always stuck with me, Cassell's mindset on that. And if I'm Boonholzer, guess I'm kind of doing the exact opposite with Bledsoe. Dude, we need you to get going early. Like, Don't worry about Giannis. He'll get his shots in the course of the game. We need you, Eric, to get going. And I think I might run a couple sets early on to try and get Bledsoe a couple quick baskets and get him on the board. Does that sound crazy, Mayor Mitch Ross? You are looking at well, me with a side eye like, are you out of your mind? Well, first of all, point guards in today's game, don't really think like that at all. I don't think like Sam Cassell used to. Nope. It's all so, about me, 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 me. And if there is one, it ain't Eric Bledsoe. Luca probably might be a guy that well, yeah, thinks I mean, about like Mike kidding. Connolly probably. Yeah. I mean, those types sure. of guys are a little more. And Luca, yep. who's not technically a point guard, he does handle the Try ball. Try and get Porzingis going or whatever. Yeah. I can see that. I don't. I mean, Eric, and like I said, if there is one point guard in the league that does that, it's Mike Connolly. It ain't Eric Bledsoe. No doubt. And, but see, He's that, a scorer. But see, that's the thing. That's what we want Bledsoe to be is a score. And instead, what ends up happening is in the beginning of games, Bledsoe passes the ball off and doesn't look to get his shot until somewhere later in the game. Mitch, there were games this year where he had two shots and a half. Two. And I would be losing my mind. Now, I wasn't on the air doing the post-game show. Baby Tausch was at that point. I'm at home going, how in the world do you only have two shots and a half of basketball? You're the third guy on this team. You can't just have two shots and a half. That's just not a thing. You you can't do that. So, forewarned, I'm post-game shows this year. That's going to be one of my things I'm going to be looking at as far as how many shots is he taking? Is he being aggressive? 
Can they win games without him being aggressive? Sure. Can they win a title without him being aggressive? I say no. I don't think you can because I don't think you can get enough offense consistently unless Bledsoe is part of the solution. And I'm personally really curious about Eric with Eric Bledsoe, how he responds to no fans. I think if there's anybody on the Bucks that benefits from no fans, it's probably Eric Bledsoe. I mean, you saw, I mean, you've seen him in the past couple of years, I mean, disappear completely. And I feel like without the fans, it might take away some of that negative energy that you might see if you're in Boston getting shut down by Terry Rozier. I think I want to have this conversation uh, after Matt Velasquez at 720, before we get to Larry Harris at 735, because coming up, Jerry Greenberg, then Matt Velasquez, and then we'll have another opportunity to talk. I want to have the conversation with you, Mayor Mitch Ross, about who does no fans really help? Who does no fans really hurt going forward? And not just maybe in the Bucks, but across the NBA, these 22 teams. There are certain guys that play off the emotion of the crowd. There are certain guys that feed off of that energy and teams that feed off of that energy to propel them in runs. That is why home court advantage is such a big deal. And now you don't have it. Coming up next, Jared Greenberg of TNT. You're listening to the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show brought to you by All Right Home and Remiling and SE Insulation here on The Fan. You're listening to the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Brought to you by All Right Home Remodeling and SE Insulation on The Fan. Welcome back. Time to get to our next guests. He is Jerry Greenberg. Catch him tomorrow night. Lakers, Clippers, NBA on TNT. He joins us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Jerry, thanks a lot for coming on. Sparky, it's my pleasure. How you doing? Doing all right. Hey, man, uh, so first things first, uh, talking about this bubble situation uh, and how this whole thing plays out. I think if you're the NBA, you got to be pretty excited. They sent out another press release today, another week, uh, another round of no positive tests for COVID-19 and considering what's going on in baseball, I think you look at this bubble situation and give the NBA an A-plus at this point. No question. But I also think with that, um, as Adam Silver has said, you know, he's cautiously optimistic. And, and, you know, nobody's trying to get overconfident here because we understand how little that we actually do understand about this virus at this point, even, you know, four or five months into it here in, in the United States. And, you know, we understand one little hiccup can can derail this whole thing. But with that said, you're you're absolutely right. Um, you know, I, I've been here. Uh, this is my eighth day. Um, I'm I'm just out of quarantine, fresh out of quarantine. So I've actually been roaming the campus today and and getting my first feel for for how this whole process works. Because the last seven days I've been uh, locked in my room all day and night. So I got to say, you're right. Give them an A plus. I I can't believe with all of the massive things that they've had to think about, all of the little things that they also were able to take care of as well to make sure uh, all of us, not just the players, but, but even the media and staff members who are here covering it for a number of weeks and months. You know, Jared, since you're there, uh, and I'm a big Disney World dork, uh, set the scene <laughs> a little bit. Like, exactly where is everybody allowed to go to uh, outside of the resort? Are they, are they only in the resort and that's it? Yeah, so we're we're on the on a, on a it feels like almost like a college campus, and I'm I'm not all that familiar with Disney World. The last time I came, I think I was about two years old, so <laughs> I, I don't have exact recollection recollection of where I am. But um, we're so kind of insulated here that I, I don't even have great 
uh, you know, directional uh, directionals on where that would be. But but we can't go over to Disney World. We can't go to the theme parks. Um, we're over in in what's called Coronado Springs. Sure, if you're it's a nice with, resort. But that is sure. Yeah, yeah. So so it's it's connected to the Grand Destino Tower, which is where the top teams are staying, and then they have the other level of teams at the Floridian and then at the Yacht Club. But where we are here at, at, at Coronado Springs, um, you know, we could just walk where our campus is. And there, there are times when we cross paths with the players and teams, but there's also a section of, of the Grand Destino that only uh, the players are permitted to go to. Um, so they have all the practice courts, uh, team meal rooms, and team meeting rooms set up in kind of the convention center area of the Coronado Springs. Um, and then we'll all hop on a shuttle tomorrow night for, for the games to head over. About, I think it's about a 10-minute drive to the ESPN Wide World of Sports Campus. Talk with Jerry Greenberg, NBA on TNT reporter. Hear him tomorrow night and watch him as well, Clippers and Lakers in the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show here on The Fan. Okay, so how much intermingling do you see of opposing players? Because that's been a thing. Uh, with a lot of fans of, boy, oh, boy, these guys are going to be tampering and lobbying and trying to get Giannis to go play for them and so forth, and that worry factor that goes with it. How much of that have you seen? Well, to be honest with you, you know, it's only been uh, about eight hours uh, that I've been allowed out of my room. So uh, I just went earlier today to to go see Lakers practice, and and then I just got back just a few minutes ago from seeing the Rockets practice. And there there certainly were times when I was at Lakers practice when – for example, the, the Memphis Grizzlies were coming into practice, and there was some crossover between the two teams. Uh, saw some other teams coming in and out because they're trying to stagger all the practice times, and then once we get the game, shoot around times, and then that's where you know that that area where the where the ballrooms are for for the practices are also where, like I said, the teams have their meal rooms um, and their meeting rooms if they're watching video or just getting together. So I would imagine, you know, in those hallways, there's a lot. And then, you know, like at night, if, if there's nothing to do and, and players are walking around, they've just opened up some other restaurants on the campus that, again, is closed off to the public. But right for right now, those restaurants that have, that have opened, the additional ones, are just accessible to, to players and, and team members. Um, so, you know, I would imagine, you know, at at that bar that just opened up uh, either today or yesterday, that there's probably, you know, I can't go over there right now because I'm a member of the media, but I would imagine there's probably players and coaches from different teams there. Yeah, no question. When we look at the Eastern Conference, uh, I was looking at ESPN earlier today, and they got their predictions out from all their different writers and so forth. Uh, pretty much all of them have the Bucks winning the East. I, I think there were two or three that have – uh, the Raptors possibly coming out of the Eastern Conference. Do you view the Raptors as the main threat for the Bucks out of the East? Probably just just because of their their, their versatility and their length and and you know the different ways they can defend Giannis. Obviously, they don't have Kawhi or, or Danny Green from a year ago, but they still do have several other options that make them um, a threat. Plus, you know that they can break you down different ways um, on the offensive end. We know how good defensively the Bucks are, but uh, they're a team that can kind of hammer away at a few different things. The, the one team that I'm really intrigued by, to be honest with you, is, is Boston. And, and you know, they certainly don't have near the depth of Milwaukee and, and don't have the depth that, that Toronto has. But I think, you know, I, I think Jason Tatum is ready to take a step to, to superstardom here. And this might be uh, the, 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 the time that it happens. And, and, I'd, I'd love to see some showdown with Boston and, and, and Milwaukee at some point in the playoffs and, and see, um, you know, I don't know that obviously 
Boston would have trouble uh, with the bigs that Milwaukee has. You know, what, what do they do when, when Bud goes really big? And also, do they expose Kemba Walker uh, with his defense or lack thereof? So there, there are spots where I think Milwaukee has an, an enormous edge. But I'd just love to see that individual matchup of Tatum versus Giannis. Kemba Walker has given the Bucks fits over the years. So, so I'm not really yeah. keen on wanting to see Kemba Walker at this point. Uh, in the Western Conference, right. uh, in that same prediction mode, half of them voted for the Clippers to come out of the West. Uh, and then you had the Lakers uh, had uh, the rest of the votes for the most part. Uh, one person, I think, may have taken the Rockets. When you look at the the Western Conference, is it the Clippers uh, first and the Lakers second? Or how do you look at it? Uh, March 11th, when, when this thing uh, got put on pause, I, I had the Clippers. Um, you know, I just think, talk about top-to-bottom depth, um, different ways to get at you both on offense and on defense. Um, obviously a proven coaching staff, you know, all the intangibles you look for. The, the one question that you have with the Clippers, and it's still very much carrying over to, you know, tomorrow night when we get restarted, is just how inconsistent their, their lineups and rotations have been able to be because they're always Hurt. seemingly missing a person yeah. or, or multiple people. And tomorrow night they could, they could have as many as, as three or four people out. Um, so, you know, I think that's the major question, but maybe they're good enough to overcome that. Um, you know, other than that, I, I don't see the Rockets. I don't have much faith in the Rockets in the postseason. Um, you know, Denver's got the ability, but I think they're probably a year, maybe two years away from, from being able to challenge. But, again, in this environment uh, where we've never seen basketball be played, you know, may, maybe there's a team that has the mental fortitude to hang on here in, on this campus and, and, and outlast some of these other teams that maybe are more talented. And one last thing for you, Jerry, and I'll let you go back to playing inside the bubble down there in Florida. <laughs> what well, what about MVP and defensive player of the year? I think you could make a case that Giannis could possibly win both this year, especially with voting now done. Yeah, I handed him my ballot last night. Um, I think I could probably get a free meal somewhere in Milwaukee. I think you guys will be happy with what I did. Nice. Good. <laughs> we appreciate it. Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because I, I think if it would have finished another eight games, I don't know if it would have swayed a lot of voters maybe towards LeBron, no. but it may have opened up some eyes had Giannis maybe struggled a little bit in the last eight if LeBron really would have got well, going. Well, I, I think more to, you know, I, I pretty much thought it was it was wrapped up, but the one interesting part about it, remember Giannis had gotten hurt um, right before the stoppage, and, and I'm, I'm curious if Giannis would have missed um, the remaining games or a large portion of those games. And LeBron had gone on such a tear or continued his tear that he was on when we stopped. If, if that would have swayed voters, maybe that would have swayed my mind. I mean, I felt pretty confident that, that I knew I was voting for Giannis um, on March 11th. Uh, but, but again, you know, if he's injured and, and he can't play a significant portion of, of the last, you know, whatever was left uh, 10 or 12 games uh, for the bucks, then, then maybe that changes the voters' minds. He is Jared Greenberg. Catch him on TNT tomorrow night. Clippers and Lakers from the bubble down in the wild world of sports complex in Florida. Thanks so much for coming on, man. Appreciate it. Oh, you got it. I appreciate you guys having me. You betcha. Take care. There he is, Jared Greenberg on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. It's your passion now growing your home. The Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Up next, we will talk with Matt Velasquez 
of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel joins us on post-game shows uh, throughout the season. That will continue coming up on Friday night after the Bucks take on the Celtics. We'll have the Pick and Save Pro Hoops post-game show presented to you by Mercedes-Benz of Milwaukee North. Take a quick time out. Come back. Talk to Matt Velasquez. It is the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show brought to you by All Right Home and Remodeling and s e Insulation on the fan. The 2020 basketball season is set to resume. It's time for the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show. Brought to you by All Right Home Remodeling and SE Insulation on the fan. Here is your host for tonight's show, Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Why, hello there. How are you? If you missed the first hour, shame on you. Jim Paschke was on, Jerry Greenberg was on. The second hour, the stars come out to play, right? Matt Velasquez to start things off. Larry Harris will join us in a half hour as well from the Golden State Warriors. Matt, thanks for coming on this evening. How are you? I'm just wonderful. Happy to be talking to you about Bucks basketball. So am I. I'm pretty jacked about this whole thing myself. Uh, okay, so first things first, you're obviously uh, not in the bubble, but you've been able to watch the scrimmages like uh, the rest of us. What stood out to you so far? I think the number one thing that stood out to me is the, the Bucks are who we thought they were. I mean, they're, they're still looking like the same team. Obviously, that last scrimmage um, didn't end well. Uh, they, they played pretty poorly in that second half. But, you know, for the most part, you look at the way that the, the minutes were spread out, uh, the guys who were playing, the guys who were available, uh, they played the same offense, played mostly the same defense, um, generally looked, you know, at, at most teams like the same Bucks that we were used to seeing you know, for the first 65 games of the season. So I think they've all handled the, the layoff pretty well. And I think they're, they're looking like a team that's ready to, to compete at the highest level uh, here in the bubble. Brooke Lopez remembers how to shoot the ball from outside. That's what I've noted in this whole thing. I mean, this, this is Brooke Lopez of last year, more so than Brooke Lopez of earlier this year. Though the, the crazy trade-off with that is that it seems like George Hill has forgotten how to shoot the ball. From well, outside. there's he, that. Why do you bring up the negative format? We're trying to stay positive. It's a preview show. We save that for Friday. Then we'll get negative on the post game. I'm just saying there's this weird, like, counterbalance thing going on where, like, in the season, you know, Brooke was down, George was way up, you know, and now, the, you know, in these three scrimmages, Brooke was way up and George was way down. Like, it's just, it's just weird. And obviously, like, they're scrimmages. They could be totally meaningless, right? Like, they, they kind of generally are totally meaningless yep. uh, until we see what actually happens in the games. And so you throw those stats and those numbers out the window. You just want to make sure that everybody looks good, looks healthy, looks ready to play. And, and that's where the Bucks stand right now. So all they need to do is go out there, you know, make the shots, uh, you know, play hard, and, uh, and we'll see where the chips fall. You know, the other thing uh, about uh, what we've seen to this point and that I'm anxious to see is how Eric Bledsoe is going to fit into this whole puzzle. And – to me, I, I brought it up to Jim Baskey earlier in the show, and that's my one guy that I'm going to have the spotlight on. I'm telling you right now, Baby Tausch did the postgame shows and did a great job with him earlier in the year, and now I have him for the rest of the year. But when I was at home not doing postgame shows, I would get so mad with Eric Bledsoe 
because there would be nights where Middleton and Giannis are playing, and he hits like he takes like two shots and a half or whatever, and I'm losing my mind going, dude, you are just as important as they are to the success of this team. You have to be more aggressive. Then Giannis is out, and then there's aggressive Eric Bledsoe. Or Middleton is out, aggressive Eric Bledsoe. To me, I think if you're going to win the whole shebang here and you're going to beat the Lakers or the Clippers at some point, I think Bledsoe has to be aggressive offensively in an entire series if that's going to happen. Absolutely. I mean, obviously, you know, if you're going down the pecking order, you want Giannis For to sure. be at his best. You want Chris Middleton to be yep. at his best. But then Eric Bledsoe, like, he needs to find those spots and, and pick those spots correctly. And when he picks his spot to go, he needs to go. And, and he needs to find a way to get to the hoop. Obviously, teams know that's what he wants to do, and they're going to try and stop him. So he needs to, you know, be ready with either counter moves or know where his passes are or, you know, be able to, to pull up for jumpers. Um, that's probably, like, pretty far down the list. Uh, or if teams are going to, you know, f- you know, fade off of him and say, hey, shoot threes. Uh, there have been a bunch of games early this season where he would shoot, you know, early, first quarter. He would get wide open looks because teams are going to give it to him. And since he knows he's going to get those looks, he would take them very confidently, shoot them. And if he made them, it would kind of set him off on a pretty good trajectory for the game. So I think keeping that aggressive mentality, knowing the team's going to dare him to shoot, um, he can use that in his favor to take basically practice level threes uh, early in the game and, and kind of get off a, onto a good start. So uh, I'm interested to see what he's going to look like. Obviously, if we're not in the bubble. We can't see what practices look like, right. just tiny little snippets. Uh, you know, the Bucks had a, an individual day yesterday. They were off today, so we haven't had a chance to talk to anybody, find out any updates, see what Bledsoe's been able to do. Uh, I, I doubt he's going to be able to play in that first game. I think the Bucks are going to be really cautious just because he had such a long time that he was off where he wasn't doing any physical activity. I think they're going to want to ramp him up over time, uh, but we'll see. I mean, maybe they'll just decide to play him a, a, a limited time frame against the Celtics and build from there. Uh, I'm interested to find out. We'll, we'll get to know more uh, starting tomorrow when I, I hope they do practice again. We get to talk to him again. Tom Matt Velasquez, Milwaukee Journal Sentinel here on the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show on The Fan. Marvin Williams is a guy that I think may have gotten screwed up a little bit in all of this here because he didn't get the consistent run with this team after they acquired him and the season got cut short. How do you view Marvin Williams and how he fits in now with this eight-game regular season and postseason run? You know, he, he missed the most recent scrimmage with a, with a slight groin injury. That's how Bud termed it. Uh, I'm guessing that's kind of just like, hey, you know what? You're not feeling 100%. You're a veteran. Take your time. Don't need to uh, risk anything. But we'll see. We'll try to get more of an update tomorrow on that. But I think that he has the potential to, to be a rotation regular. I, I think that those minutes could be between him and, and Ersan Ilyasova. And, and I think he might have a few more things he can bring uh, than Ersan does in terms of you know offense and defense and maybe his uh, quickness, versatility, things like that. You know, Ersan will have certain games or maybe series uh, where he'll his value will will maybe exceed Marvin's. But I think that they brought in Marvin Williams for a reason. I think he can he can stretch the floor. He can he can make smart decisions. He can rebound. His defensive positioning uh, that's something that I know that a lot of people I talked to, including Steve Clifford, his former coach in Charlotte. That's the number one thing he brought up was that Marvin knows exactly where he needs to be on defense, you know, as part of the scheme to help his teammates out. And so, you know, Bud being a, a defense-first coach and, and prizing that end of the court, uh, if, if Marvin can supply that, I think that's going to lead to more minutes. And uh, I, I think that he also gives them some lineup versatility where you can play him, you know, at, in a Giannis at center lineup as the nominal five or the nominal four. Um, you can play him, you know, maybe even a couple minutes at a, at a three if you just had to go like in a jumbo lineup. There's just a whole bunch of things you can do 
with, with someone like him and you know his, his shooting his defense all of that could be hugely important for the Bucks. Uh, you know, come playoff time. With Bledsoe and George Hill providing they're healthy and able to play, obviously, how much run do you think Dante DiVincenzo gets uh, in the postseason? Oh, I, I think he's definitely in that rotation. I think he's definitely part of that bench mob uh, where, where he's going to come out and, you know, depending on the game, depending on the matchup, you know, he could be around 20 minutes a game. Uh, I, I wouldn't be all that surprised. I mean, we saw last year in the playoffs, Bud still stuck with trying to play his starters uh, in the mid-30s or high-30s. He didn't like to get his guys over 40 minutes a game. So there's going to be times that they're going to need to lean on their bench, and they're going to just choose to lean on their bench uh, you know, if, if past uh, you know, series or any indication. And, and he's somebody who, with his energy, with his defense, uh, with the way that he can kind of spread the ball around the court, um, you know, and when he is making shots, obviously that, that element is there too. Uh, when if he can do all those things off the bench, you know whether he's playing with starters or he's playing with other bench guys, the Bucks could win those bench minutes and, and you know put their starters up the bench and extend their lead. Or you know if they're if they're down, they can come back a little bit uh, because of the things that he and some of those other guys uh, off the bench bring. After Toronto did what they did last year, Malava, Matt Velasquez to uh, slow down Giannis uh, and kind of take the Bucks out of their rhythm. Do you think the Bucks allow that to occur again this year in the postseason? Well, the team is definitely going to try. Uh, they're, they're definitely going to try and pack the paint as much as they can. And, you know, I don't know that they're going to have the same type of personnel that the Raptors did last year, which was like perfectly catered uh, to doing what they did. Um, but they're going to try it. And so that, that means that you know, the Bucks, uh, from you know, top to bottom, they're going to need to shoot the ball better. You know, they're going to need to be more willing to shoot the ball. Um, Giannis is going to need to shoot you know, both, you know, in the mid-range, he has some of those little fadeaways he's been working on and uh, different moves kind of in that mid, mid-range mid zone that he can do. Uh, also, the, the three-pointers, when he's open and he's in rhythm and he's comfortable, you know, he's shown us at times this season, you know, how how much better he is from there. Um, so he's going to need to shoot. You know, guys like Eric Bud's are going to need to shoot. Like, they're, they're going to need Wesley Matthews and, you know, Cal Corver and, and Brooke Lopez. Like, you know, everybody on that roster is going to need to be able to hit open shots. That's one of the biggest things. That, that they struggled with against the Raptors last year. They were getting open looks, you know, whether they were wide open or just kind of, you know, not totally contested. They were good looks. And, you know, everybody went cold. Bledsoe went cold. Miritich went cold. There were games that Middleton went cold. It was just basically Giannis and Brogdon doing stuff uh, at a lot of times in that series. And so, you know, they're going to need to be able to, you know, counter whatever defenses do, which, you know, as we know, is going to be, trying to keep Giannis out of the paint. And, and maybe there might be some opportunities. We've seen a, it a few times this year where the Bucks can, can kind of zag a little bit and go, go old school and get the ball to Brooke Lopez in the post and you know let, let him go to work and work the offense through him uh, on the block. And, and we'll see if that's something they can try and use as a counter uh, in those situations too. Matt, uh, I am jealous because I can tell you're outside right now, and I am inside in air conditioning, and I it feels like you're outside enjoying some summer warm weather right now. Yeah, I, yeah, it's beautiful out here. Uh, it's just at least where I am, it's nice, and so I, I am walking outside. I'm enjoying the breeze. Um, you know, you don't get too many days like this, especially uh, the bugs aren't so bad either. So. I'm having, having a good time. That's good. Enjoy the warm weather while we got it, because before you know it, the snow will be flying, and we'll be talking Bucks basketball in December before you know it. Hopefully about the defending NBA champion, Milwaukee Bucks. That's what I'm hoping for. Matt, thanks so much for coming on, man. I appreciate it.
Always good to be talking to you, Sparky. Absolutely. Talk to you Friday. He is Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, joining us on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Well, technically not, but we'll go with it. As your passion outgrown your home, a Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan may give you the space it deserves. Visit GreatMidwestBank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. Uh, Larry Harris will join us, the Golden State Warriors, former Bucks GM, uh, in about 20 minutes from right now. Coming up next, we're going to re- go back to a conversation that Mitch and I, Mayor Mitch Ross and I, started a little bit in the first hour uh, before we started getting to our guests. Uh, and that is, how does this help or hurt certain players uh, with the Bucks and, and around the NBA by not having fans in the stands uh, inside this bubble down at the Wild of Sports Complex uh, in Disney World. We'll discuss that next. You're listening to the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show, brought to you by All Right Home and Remodeling and SE Installation here on The Fan. You're listening to the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer, brought to you by All Right Home Remodeling and SE Installation on The Fan. Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show brought to you by All Right Home and Remodeling and SE Insulation here on The Fan. Appreciate you listening. Don't forget tomorrow morning, 5 a.m., Ryan Horvath, the Bart Winkler pregame show. Then from 5 to 9, it's the Bart Winkler show. Bill Michaels from 10 until 2, and then back to the Wendy's Big Show tomorrow from 2 until 6. Eric Name will join us talking Bucks basketball tomorrow at 348. Jerry Augustine, the former Brewers pitcher, now with Fox Sports Wisconsin, he'll join us at 448 tomorrow uh, on the Wendy's Big Show. So looking forward to that. Okay, so Mayor Mitch, earlier in the show, we got into a little bit before commercial break, and I said I wanted to continue it now, uh, about the emotion that goes along with being a player, right? And I've had this conversation with Leroy on the air before on the big show, and Leroy poo-poos it, and it's like, man, get out of here. You should be able to motivate yourself. You should be able to, you know, do it yourself without needing somebody else to get you going or whatever. And I understand that, and that's Leroy's always Leroy's take, because he was a great self-motivator. But not every person walking to the face of this earth is that person. Not every athlete is that person either. So when you have home court advantage – and you have a raucous Pfizer forum going crazy and cheering and music's blaring and big Joe Brown, who, by the way, congratulations, just got a, a job with the team down in Florida, WNBA team. Love me some Joe Brown. Uh, so anyways, so, you know, Joe Brown screaming and yelling on the PA and going nuts. On has, your feet. Yeah. On your feet. Going crazy. And everybody's into it. And Joe's just going nuts with everybody. That atmosphere I'm sorry, you can get like goosebumps on your arms when you're in it, and if you're a player, you can feel it. You can feel the energy. You can feed off of the energy. Everybody on your feet. Exactly. Now, that's it. That's all you Yeah, Bucks! Wait, wait, there, there's virtual people up in the uh, up on the banner there. They claim they're going to play music that's related to the team when it's their home court. 
I have no idea what the So world. green and growing, all right. <laughs> that would be sweet. Yeah, you know how excited I would be if they start playing green and growing, uh, coming out of break or going into break in that arena? The other team would be like, what in the world are we listening to? Right, yeah. That would be unbelievable, right? But, but again, for me, I think there are certain guys that get into it. And I, I could be wrong. I think Giannis is one of those guys that feeds off of it. Given that mean mug, feeling the crowd getting into it. If he does it on the road, seeing guys booing him or whatever the case may be, yelling at him, I think he feeds off of it. He does it at home and the crowd goes crazy on a huge dunk or a huge block shot. That pumps him up. That gets him going. I, I think there's some of that that goes along with him. Now, Malcolm Brogdon, I don't think it matters. Dude, dude is just... It, it just level all the time doesn't move off of that level. That's just who he is. That's who he is off the floor. That's who he is on the floor. That's his personality. So from that perspective, I don't think fans mean a hill of beans to Malcolm Brogdon, whether they're there or not. But there are other guys, I think, that do feed off of that. I think Russell Westbrook is another guy that feeds off of that. He feeds off of that fat energy, whether it's being booed, whether it's people going crazy in his home court. Westbrook is another guy that plays with a lot of emotion. I think uh, exhibit A of a guy who plays off the crowd and plays into the crowd, Joel Embiid. That's another perfect one. Number one Yep. in the league, I think. He's always, always playing to the crowd. And I, I've said that's part of the reason why I think, you know, you know, we've criticized, I shouldn't say we have, but it's been discussed a lot on this station over the years as the Bucks have gotten better. You know, Pfizer form, a little bit quiet some nights. Yep. You know, first quarter against the Sacramento Kings on a Wednesday night in uh, sub 40 below uh, temperatures. No, don't remind me. Of and, uh, you know, it might be a little bit quiet. And I think some of that is because they don't, the Bucks don't have a guy that pumps the crowd up a whole lot. That's why I was going to slightly disagree with you about Giannis. I just think that he's, I mean, some of it probably without fans, he might be affected, but I also think that at the same time, he is very, very dialed in a lot, and he, the team follows after him a lot. He doesn't really play that much. With, I know the mean mugging and all that, but that's that's not, I, I think, yeah, obviously he looks at the crowd when it happens. I think he's got to look at somebody, but it's not, you know, look at me, no. look at me, I'm Joel Embiid. Uh, no, you're right hey, about guys. that. guys, yeah. oh, that was an and one, really cool, you know. No I doubt. Mean, it's, he doesn't do that stuff. No, he doesn't play to the crowd to that degree all the time. I, I would agree with you on that. Other guys on this basketball team that may play to it more than others, I don't know. I, I don't know if Bledsoe really gets into it as much. Uh, Middleton doesn't seem to be somebody that, that plays to it one way or the other. But when you put them in, a, in this bubble situation and there is no crowd, does it affect runs? Does it affect that 14-2 run? Because when an opposing team gets on a run, it takes the air out of the stadium. And you know you got them. And you know they feel it, the crowd feels it, and you shut them up. When you're at home and you go on that 14-2 run and the place is going nuts, the other team feels it slipping. And they've got to grasp and try and get back into this thing and stop the run. Without a crowd, are runs going to be more difficult to come by? See, that's that's what I'm interested in. I, I want to know how this is going to work. Will you see less runs in games of significance? Yeah, you're going to have 6-0 runs, whatever. But I'm saying the 18-4 the runs and stuff like that, will there be less of that in this bubble situation when you call a timeout, you go to your 
talk to your coach, blah, blah, blah. doesn't feel any different than the other time out the entire game. There's no crowd going nuts. You don't, you know, you look at the score, okay, we're down five. You don't realize it's a run necessarily. I mean, you probably do to a certain degree, but it's not as noticeable when the crowd's going crazy. I, I think, maybe I'll be wrong. I can't wait to hear what the players say about this because I think the crowd affects basketball players more than the National Football League because you, you could affect a little bit of a quarterback being able to communicate. But other than that, not a huge deal, right? It's not going to affect it one way or the other all that much. Baseball, ninth inning, maybe, in a tight game, the crowd gets involved and can affect the game. But baseball crowds really don't affect the game as much. Basketball crowds can be factors throughout a four-quarter game in certain areas. can be a factor in the beginning of the game. can be a factor during a run when a team is down and comes back at home. can be a factor coming out of a halftime and a run. can be a factor at the end of a game in an overtime situation. There's so many different ways a crowd can play into it in an NBA stadium, especially if you have a good crowd. Like that Golden State crowd, when they were good, was really, really good. This year they got bad, and whoops, there they went. Uh, we don't see them anymore. It's not like a college car like it used to be, but that's okay. Uh, we'll see what happens next year with Golden State, but I'm just saying, that can be – remember Sacramento back in the day when they were really good? Those stupid cowbells that they'd be having the stands or whatever else? Cowbell kingdom, yeah. Oh, my goodness gracious. But that's kind of what it was. So, again, always waiting for the other shoe to drop, like I said earlier in the show. This is just the Bucks' luck. They're the one. They're not going to get the benefit of the raucous home crowd. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get the benefit of sleeping in their own bed. They don't get the benefit of any of that. Seeing their family when they get up to go to the game that morning and kissing their kids and their wife and heading off after being gone for a day or two on the road. You don't get any of that. Instead, it's, oh, babe, I miss you, man. It's been two months. Like, you know, I hope we do something here, but I really can't wait to get home. This, <laughs> I've had my enough of Mickey Mouse ears. I, I, if I don't ever see another pair of Mickey Mouse ears again, that's fine with me. Because I'm telling you, that is a long time. And when you look at Giannis, he's got a brand new kid. I'm sure he's not the only one of the 22 teams in here. I'm sure there are plenty of people with, you know, under two-year-olds probably that are at home with their significant other that you want to hug and kiss and play with, and that's not going to happen. Isn't the plan to let the families come in at some point? And they're like, you know, I mean, Giannis, shoot, his brothers are here already. So, Excuse me, not here, but in the bubble. Okay, hold on a sec here for a sec. Because Jim Paskey brought that up earlier, and that is true, right? Then you're going to have to quarantine for a week or whatever, and then you get your own separate room or however this is going to work. I believe what I read was each player gets an additional room for guests, families, Instagram models, whatever. You have that other room, okay? So just think about it from this perspective. And I'm looking at it from a parent, okay? So probably different than you. Am I bringing a kid – on an airplane at this point and flying down there. I don't know. I'll be honest. I don't know. Maybe I have uh, an aunt or an uncle or grandparent maybe watch the kid. Maybe I go 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 see him for a week, hang out for a little while, and then I fly back or a couple days. And We can't even go down there for a couple days because you get quarantined for the first several days you're there before you can even do it. I think they're going to have to – whoever is, goes down there, I think it has to be quarantined like Jared Greenberg, who was on earlier, who's in the bubble. He had to be quarantined for seven days, he said. And I think that goes with anybody that goes into yep. that bubble. So now, again, you take that to another level. Now let's say you got a baby or something. You're going to be quarantined with a baby in one room. You can't leave for seven days? No way. There's no chance. 
No chance that's happening. Well, I mean, they're taking it really seriously, the league is. I mean, zero, I don't zero have positive problem. tests in two weeks I don't is have pretty a, incredible. I don't have an issue, Mitch, with how they're taking it or what they're doing. Clearly, they've been successful with it to this point, without question. But I'm just saying, if you're bringing your family down there and quarantining, imagine if they have older kids. Mom and two kids, mm, six and eight. Quarantine in a room for seven days? I'm telling you, there's no chance I'm taking that. No. Mm-mm. Love you. Not that much. I ain't been quarantined I mean, you, with these you, two in a room. You better have a video game or, console in there, I think, days. to keep somebody occupied. Sanity go will be out the window. You'll have none. By the time it gets done with seven days, you'll be like, kids are yours. I'm out. I'm going back to Milwaukee. See you. Bye-bye. So that, that's kind of where I'm at. All right. I just wanted to bring that up because I think it's a huge point. Uh, in this deal. The other point in all of this is going to be, I think, this comes down to Boonholzer. It really does. How does he make adjustments this year in the postseason if a team slows down Giannis? What then will they do to try and counteract that? Because you look at the Toronto Raptors series, what really happened? And, and then you read articles in the last couple of months and people are saying, this doesn't look much different than anything else Boonholzer has done over the course of time. The only thing that's kind of changed a little bit is He's allowing Milton to play in that mid-range, which he really wasn't allowing at all last year. He's allowing Brooke Lopez to play more with his back to the basket and play with more of a post game than he's had in the past. So he's allowed a couple of differences a little bit on the offensive side. But as far as concepts and what he does, he's going to do what he always does. You know what you're getting with him, without question. So when we get into the tactician part of the playoffs, the first round they're going to wallop whoever they face, right? They're going to probably sweep the magic, whoever. The second round, maybe they lose a game uh, in the second round, but we should move through. Then you get to the Eastern Conference Finals, and if it's Toronto, if it's Boston, whoever it ends up being, that's going to be probably a tougher series. I think the Bucs can beat either one of those teams and end up in the finals. And then when you get to the finals and it's superstar power and you got to deal with it, then what? They slow down Giannis, and now it's on Middleton and Bledsoe. You are going to slow down who? LeBron, and it's on Anthony Davis against the Lopez brothers? You slow down Paul George, and now it's Kawhi against Middleton? You slow down Kawhi, and now it's Paul George versus Middleton? And then the Clippers bench is about as deep as your bench at this point, so they're going to run guys out there and try and score too. I think the Bucks win it. I think they win the whole thing. But it is going to be fun along the way, Mitch Ross. You yeah. and I are going to have some fun doing postgame shows. It's going to be – I mean, I think I tweeted maybe back in, uh, you know, April or so that I'm going to get emotional the first time I see Giannis just drive down the lane and slam one and we get a good mean mug just because it's been so long. We've been through a lot as a country. I know it's kind of getting exhausting saying that at this point. That's but we that. have, and it's just one of those things that I love Bucks basketball, and we are this close to having it. And I think the pandemic and the shutdown happened at a great time for the Bucks. Because yeah, Giannis, was I mean, we were up. we were literally about within a week away of all the articles coming out of what's wrong with the Bucks. No all doubt. your all your four letter network talking head shows. What's wrong with the Bucks? What's wrong with Giannis? Giannis is out because he got hurt. He sprained his knee in the third to last game against yep. the Lakers. That was a brutal game. I mean, that was hard fought. That was a great NBA regular season basketball game. Bucks came up short, obviously with Giannis kind of the last what was it, the last half of the fourth quarter or so being one legged. See, but that's going to be the other thing that goes along with this. You bring that up but about how physical that game was. Are you going to be able to be that physical with LeBron, like they're going to be with Giannis through the entire playoff run? 
LeBron's going to take a beating every round trying to get there. Giannis won't take a beating the first round. But then if it's the Heat in the second round, that's going to be a beating probably. Then Boston or Toronto, they're going to lay wood on Giannis. Then you're going to get to that 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 finals, and if it's LeBron and him, they're both going to be you know beaten up at that point. And then it's going to be you know who's got the tougher will and whose team can be more physical. So that that's that I think comes down to what happens at the finals as far as these star players. How healthy are they? And the other thing too, Mitch, is COVID nineteen. You know, if COVID nineteen seeps into this bubble and starts taking guys out on teams then obviously that changes the game. It changes everything. Because if you lose a player or two and the other team is healthy, that could be curtains for you in a series. Could be. And it's not going to be you're going to miss one game if you test positive. You're probably going to miss the series. Maybe two, depending on how long it takes you to test negative or whatever the case may be to get back in. All right, coming up next, uh, he's with the Golden State Warriors now. He used to be the general manager uh, with the uh, with the Milwaukee Bucks. You know him as Larry Harris, as do I. Back in the day, used to do our pro hoops uh, show together, GM show together, go on the road to like Buckets Pub and Racine and the Dueling Piano Bar, Lucille's, is that what it was? Lucille's Dueling Piano Bar, and, and we go all, uh, um, uh, I can't think of the other name, uh, can't think of it, anyways, but go all over the place doing shows with Larry Harris, so got to know Larry quite well over the course of time, Larry's a friend of the station, always comes on with Gary Leroy and myself, this time Larry and I go one-on-one, and Look around the rest of the NBA and what the rest of these teams bring to the table and how this whole thing works in the bubble. Up next, Larry Harris here on the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show brought to you by All Right Home and Remodeling and s Insulation on the fan. You're listening to the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Brought to you by All Right Home Remodeling and s Insulation on the fan. Welcome back. Already have had Jim Paschke on, Jared Greenberg from TNT. He'll be the sideline reporter coming up for Lakers and Clippers coming up tomorrow night on TNT. Matt Velasquez of the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel also joined us. Joining us now on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline, he is former Bucks GM and now, of course, the Golden State Warriors, a director of player personnel, Larry Harris, joins us. Good evening, Larry. Hey, Sparky. How are you doing, man? Uh, nice. I'm glad we're doing this just you and me. No yeah. Gary, no Leroy, just Larry and Sparky like old uh, times. This this is a good old days, baby. Yeah, it but is. Yeah. I, yeah, I got to I got to I got to come after Paschke. That could be very difficult because I know his energy was at a high level. Yes. If I remember the gym that I used to know. Yes, it was. That was an hour ago. So it, there's been some separation between the two of you. You're okay. all right. Good. You're okay. Right. Uh, Larry, I, I guess first things first, I, I wanted to have you on to kind of get your read on the West uh, a, a little bit because not everybody stays up till midnight, one in the morning out here watching Western Conference basketball in the NBA. Everybody talks about the Lakers. Everybody talks about the Clippers. Fine. Uh, we just had uh, the play-by-play guy on for the Utah Jazz, and I said Tier 1 in the West is Clippers-Lakers. I said, then, are you in Tier 2? And he argued that he thought that Utah may be on the verge of being a Tier 1 team, maybe Tier 2, but right at the top of Tier 2. How do you view the Jazz and what type of run they could get on in the West? Well, I would say, I mean, I think that's a little optimistic. I mean, obviously, I, I, I respect what they've done there. I think them having not having Bogdanovich, I think, is a problem. Um, I think that uh, Larry's still there. Yeah, can you hear me? Oh, yeah, I got you. Go ahead. Yeah, 
I was just saying, without Bogdanovich, I just don't know how far they can go. I, I think they can get through the first round. Um, I'm a little skeptical of what that's going to look like because they'll probably have to match up um, against the Lakers in round two if they stay where they're at. I think Conley's the big X factor. If he's great, he was good in the scrimmage, and I know scrimmages you can take it, whether it's, whether it's a, a good indicator of where they're at. But I, I think the loss of Bogdanovich is going to hurt them. So as much as I'd like to agree with him, I, I think they're clearly a two. I don't think they're. I think the Lakers and Clippers are clearly separated themselves from the rest of the West by and a, a pretty good distance. What about the Denver Nuggets, Larry? I, I watching these scrimmages and Bull Bull just jumped off the screen at you, uh, a second round pick. I, he just blew my mind. He really did. Now again, he's he's real thin, whatever. I find it is what that is, but he definitely had an impact on the floor when he was out there. They already had weapons on that Nuggets team. Yeah. I mean, look, I think Denver is clearly the third best team. Um, I know a lot of people may disagree and say Houston's there. Um, I, I just, I think everybody's kind of watching to see if Houston can actually do it without any big people, any centers, any really true power forwards that are playing on their roster. But I think Denver is the third best team. The one thing that I caution with them is just their experience and where they're at at small forward. I think the one thing you're going to have to deal with with the Lakers and Clippers, and I think every team – that's in the West has to deal with it. Even if we were in the, the playoffs, we would have to deal with it is how are you going to handle LeBron, Kawhi and Paul George and Denver's area of concern for me is at the small forward, you know, Will Barton light, uh, Torrey Craig, more of a backup. And then Michael Porter jr. You know, just unproven. So their experience, I, I, I a little bit of a question mark for me and where they're at at small forward. But I, I think they're clearly going in, to uh, the the restart, I think that uh, they're the third best team in the West. You you walk into a, a question that I guess I wasn't going to ask you, but I'm going to now, and that is the whole experienced veteran team versus the team with not a bunch of experience and a bunch of young guys. Normally in the postseason, that veteran team has the advantage playing in hostile environments, knowing how to deal with it. Being in this bubble situation without fans, uh, is that – kind of taken away from that veteran team without having fans in the stands? I would never take away from experience. And, and fortunately for me, having, you know, obviously we've had a great run here the last five years that when you have experience and people that have been in the playoffs and made it, a loss or two early doesn't put a team that's been around it or at least had its best players that have been in the playoffs into a panic situation where they make like – Game three is the most important game. So where I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic with this, like you said, when, you, when you're in a normal environment, you have the home and road and you play that deal and there's enough breaks in between. I think the schedule's certainly beneficial until you get the conference finals. But I think where the Lakers and Clippers have the advantage is there basically is no travel. So now the, the veterans are going to, you know, they're going to get their rest. They're going to know what it takes. And they're going to play every other or every third day I don't know if the, if the young guys can replenish their body and know literally what it takes to, to compete at the highest level in an NBA playoff series, you know, basically four rounds to get to the final. Yeah. The experience is, is massive, and I think just the travel, though there's none, but you're playing more often than you would in a regular playoff series, I think that's going to be a factor. You know, the other thing, too, about all of this is you don't know if, you know, God forbid COVID-19 gets into that bubble now. Cross your fingers, we continue going the way we're going. Two weeks, no positive test in the bubble, so it's working to this point. But at some point here, you're going to start probably bringing family members and friends in around the second round of the playoffs. 
uh, and all of that. I think that is probably the toughest thing that you can't prepare for if that does rear its ugly head. I mean, you're seeing it in baseball right now where you lose a player or two. Granted, you have to go through that with an injury, but it just makes things more difficult. And there's probably more of a mental toll on players because it has to be on in the back of their mind throughout this entire run is, you know, if you go to the finals, you're not going to see your family for three months. Yeah, no, I agree with you completely. I, I, I think that the COVID thing is a real issue. And then I think just not that I'm a medical person, but just talking with our medical staff in Golden State is, is the soft tissue injuries. Um, you know, it's one thing to play a scrimmage. You know, let's let's call it fight a little glorified summer league that we saw sure. for three games. Yep. We didn't see the, the rosters completed. A lot of guys sat out. A guy played one game or played 20 minutes. So now you're going to ramp it up. And though there are eight games to get to the playoffs, there's still a conditioning that needs to take place. And so as much as, as the COVID is real, uh, when family members do come, I would say with the COVID thing, the families aren't kicking in until I think sometime late August, early September. But you know, God forbid that all of a sudden, you know, you're in, you're in a game. I, we've said internally, game six or seven, LeBron gets it, or yep. you know, Kawhi gets it, or you know, that's that's a that's a big that's a big factor. Now, again, um, you know, maybe there's some testing, maybe there's some things, but the protocols have stated that once you get it, you're you're out for a while. So, it, it certainly is that. Um, hopefully, the players can stay in tune and stay in the bubble and not create situations that will cause them to fail any of those tests. But uh, I, I also am keeping an eye on just the injuries. And, you know, if you've been watching, I don't know if you watched Dallas uh, the last couple of games, Luca has kind of come up lame a couple different times on some drives and some things around the rim. I mean, he does not look 100%. So what does that mean? I don't know. But in a long playoff series, maybe Dallas doesn't get there that deep. But if he's not 100%, obviously their chances are very small then. Talking with Larry Harris of the Golden State Warriors, former Bucks GM here uh, on the fan. Let's talk a little bit about the Eastern Conference now and how this stacks up for the Bucks. ESPN made their predictions on their website. Pretty much everybody has the Bucks coming out of the East. Everybody pretty much has them playing Toronto uh, or Boston in the Eastern Conference Finals. In your view, who do you think poses the biggest threat to Milwaukee? I, I just think one team. I, I think that's Toronto. Um, they've been there. Obviously, they beat us. You know, um, Kawhi was great, certainly, but uh, they are a formidable opponent. And obviously, Milwaukee knows them well. Toronto beat them. So I think it's Milwaukee's to lose. I mean, they, they literally should be in the finals. There's no question about it. They've got the best player in the East and the best player in the East last year in the playoffs. Maybe Giannis was the best player in the regular season, but the best player in the playoffs was Kawhi. And I always say the best player advances. Um, and I just I think with Milwaukee's experience, I, I, I just think that they're clearly the best team. But Toronto will give them a run because I don't underestimate Kyle Lowry. I mean, him and Fred VanVleet, they just they're they're deadly at the point guard position, and I think that's where Milwaukee's vulnerable. Um, I also think that you know depending on what happens at the two guard position and, and Chris Middleton being the key, if if Milwaukee gets anything from Matthews, DiVincenzo, and Middleton then I think they take Toronto. But do not underestimate that, that backcourt in Toronto. Those two guards are lethal. Yeah, I, I don't necessarily disagree with you. I think Toronto uh, could be an issue. But for me, I, Brad Stevens, really like Brad Stevens as a coach, uh, don't know about their sides, though. I think that could be an issue. Uh, and then Miami Spolster, for whatever the reason, Larry has always had some type of success against the Bucks and slowing down the Bucks. He's unbelievable. I mean – 
Uh, you know, and again, no disrespect to them at all, but when you look at the rosters and you take the top four teams in the East, I mean, they clearly, depth and experience and everything, they're clearly the fourth best team, yet they give Milwaukee more problems than the other teams. So it, it certainly is a coaching edge that he gets. Um, he's taken whatever Pat Riley's given him and, and, and exceeds expectations. The thing with them, I think the key is going to be how good Bam is going to play their center. I think he's going to, if he can control the inside and be the rim protector and a presence the way they like to use him, maybe it can overcome the youth. But, uh, you know, Tyler Hero, obviously a Wisconsin native, and then, and, you know, Duncan Robinson. I mean, it's just it's hard to believe, even though they have Jimmy Butler, that those two guys in their youth are going to be really able to do something beyond the second round. Yeah, and we'll have to wait and see uh, how that happens. Obviously, Tyler Hero has his fan base here, as you can well imagine, sure. being from like the backyard of where we are as a radio station coming from Whitnell. So he'll have his cheering section, no doubt. The coaches, that, and maybe I'm wrong, I, I always tend to look at coaches uh, in, in how they do against other coaches and how they've done in the past against other coaches and may who may have somebody else's number and so forth. And then you go back to the West and you look at Clippers and you look at Lakers. I think the Clippers are a deeper team, and I I, I like Doc Rivers. Uh, I like Doc Rivers as a coach. And when you stack up those two teams, I think the Clippers probably come out of the West. Yeah, I do too. I, I, I've told people here whether I mean, I, I'm, I'm probably wrong. I think it's the Clippers to lose. I, I think it's their title, uh, just everything, as long as they stay healthy, as long as Kawhi and Paul George are healthy. Their depth and who they are, you know, Patrick Beverly's a pest, and, and Montrez Harrell has been great, and Lou Williams is best six man in the league. It's theirs to lose. And not, not because we're in the West. I would say that if I felt Milwaukee, and look, there's a part of me that would love to see Milwaukee get the title, um, but I think if I'm going to, if I have to just put my basketball hat on, I think it's the Clippers to lose. I, I, the Lakers are good. Their depth is, is, a, is a problem. Kuzma has to be great. And without Rondo and Bradley, there's just going to, I think it'll take its toll on LeBron, even as great as he is. Um, you know, when, when they beat us, they had Kyrie and Kevin Love. And I just don't, even though Anthony Davis is great, will he survive all the way to October? Interesting to find that out. But I think it's the Clippers to lose. I think it's Clippers, Milwaukee, um, and, and the Clippers, you know, probably take it in six. Does Larry Harris think Giannis will win MVP? Yeah, undoubtedly he is. He's the MVP. Okay. No does Larry Harris think LeBron's that? LeBron's been great. Okay. Does Giannis? Does Larry Harris think that Giannis will win Defensive Player of the Year? Uh, you know what? Gobert usually usually has a title into that. I don't know if the league. And again, this is just me. You know, one vote. I don't know if the league sees Giannis as that great of a two-way player, though he's a good defensive player. I don't think they see him as in the top one or two defensively in the league. Um, but he's good. But I, I I would say no, he does not get that. If he, Gobert he is if Gobert is one, who's two? Um, Anthony Davis. That's a good question I have. What's that? Anthony Davis. No, no, not a chance. Um, even though he blocks shots, I mean that's impressive. Um, I tell you what, a, a guy that uh, in a kind of a, you know, obviously going back to the college days. I, I mean, I I don't know who number two would be for me off the top of my head, but I can tell you that. Um, I think Jimmy Butler's pretty good. I mean, he he's got to be in my top five. Yeah, he is really I, good. I can tell you that. Cause he, he's nasty. He's nasty now. He's tough, tough as nails. Um, but uh, he's good. And I tell you, you know, for all, I would say this, as far as the defender, I think Kawhi Leonard's as good as Giannis easily defensively. Cool.
flies really when he good. locks in. Yep. He, he's so strong. He, he's, I mean, I, I, I'll tell you this. Draymond Green, when we played him in the finals, you know, last year, he said to me afterwards, I said, what is it like guarding, you know, Kawhi? He said, you know, the, the toughest thing is nobody realized just how strong he is. He wears you down. I mean, he wears you down. So it's a physical punishment that that, that, that guy puts you through. No doubt about it. Hey, uh, you, you pretty geeked up about this whole draft thing coming with you and the Warriors. I mean, you all haven't been in this situation in a long time, Larry. Yeah. Um, yeah well, unfortunately, I was in Milwaukee, <laughs> sadly <laughs> enough. Well, you've my, been my through time, that part of it. That I know. Yes, obviously. My time was cut short because I visited that a few times, um, uh, regardless of whether it was my fault or injuries. But that's, another, that's a story for another day. Um, I will say this. Obviously, we're in a unique situation because we're there by injuries, not by talent. At least I don't think so. Um, you know, we'll get to pick one through five. Um, we certainly had a lot of ring central calls. Um, you know, our owner's been on a lot of calls. I think we're, you know, and I don't mean this. I, I really, when I say this, I mean it humbly. I, I think if the draft were tomorrow, we've had so many conversations about it because we've been talking about it since March 20th that I think we're ready to go. Um, you know, regardless of workouts and all the things that may take place in physicals, I think from picking a player standpoint, I think we're pretty united on you know, kind of our top five, um, if those all those guys stay in the draft, which I think they're Larry, going to. Larry, let me ask you a so, question real quick. So are, are, you in a, yeah. are you in a position as an organization, kind of like how the Bucks were, where we're just going to swing for the fences and if we get it, we get it? Or are you in a position as an organization when you've got Steph and Clay and Draymond where it's more of a we want somebody to help us now here in the next couple of years? Well, I don't think I will tell you. I don't think we're we're under the illusion that this guy's going to help us where we want to be next year. Um, certainly, we've you know we've got a lot of hope that you know that Kevon Looney is going to be healthy, and, and that with our four guys and including um, Wiggins, who we acquired during the season, we think that our starting five is as good as anybody in the league uh, when all healthy. But um, I think that we're looking at the draft. If, if this particular draft. Certainly, we'd like to swing for the fences and get the best player. Everybody's going to say that. But I think there are a few players in the draft that can fit something that we may need down the road. And what I mean by that is somebody that may not look from the outside is may not be the best player. But I kind of look at our situation that we're looking for the best player that may not be the best player, but maybe the best player for our team, the best fit for our team. So what we're hoping is the best player and the best fit kind of those lines cross. Um, but, and that's what we're, you know, because for us, and you've been around me a long time, you know me a long time, uh, character and culture matter to us. Our culture is really good because of our players and character is the first thing we talk about. I mean, we've got great talented hall of fame players, but their character is off the charts. And I include Draymond as many people may think that, you know, very emotional and volatile at times. He's as good a person I've ever been around. I would go to war with him anytime. Um, you and having can. said that, I think our guys, our guys, we can take someone that maybe the league will say, hey, we had him ranked four or five. Why would you guys take him one if we get one? But I think you should look look, look at us to say we're going to take the best player that we also think is the best fit for our organization. Just take Wiseman and be, call it a day. It's Just, just take Wiseman. It's, well, that's, that's, that's all you got to yeah, do. Yeah, we, we have to get a we have to get we have to get a number first. We'll I, find I know. out, I guess, on the 20th, right? I, I, well, you better yeah. be going because you've got experience going to these lottery things. So. Are you going? <laughs> Thanks. 
not, not something I'm proud of. I will say this. The one good thing about all of it is um, Bob Myers, our president, and, and our owner, Joe Lacob, at least the kind of the first or second phone call said, Larry, you taken the number one pick. How was that experience? I said, well, it got me fired. But besides that, <laughs> it, was a great, it was a great experience. Yeah. Um, all right. Larry, you know I, go ahead. Yeah. And I would just say the, the greatest the greatest thing about all of it was to circle back with Andrew, and I've told you that before, to circle back with Andrew and win a championship with him. So there was there was some redemption at the end on that one for sure. Larry, thanks so much for coming on, man. Uh, always a pleasure to have you on. Always yeah. enjoyed. And uh, be safe and healthy down in Texas, and uh, we'll see how things go for you in the lottery. Well, I appreciate it. And same to you guys and same to all the fans. And, and go Bucks. I, I'm sorry I chose the Clippers, but I do have you in the finals. So no, we'll take it. If you it. win it, it's win-win. So well, well, as long appreciate as you having me on as always. As long as it's not LeBron, so I don't have to listen to Gary. Larry, thank you so much. Take care, buddy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, there we don't is. want Gary to – we can't stand a summer, a summer of Gary. Can't do I, it. I, no, no, not at all. I agree. All right, there he is. Larry Harris on the Great Midwest Bank Hotline. Is your passion now growing your home? A Great Midwest Bank home renovation loan. I'll give you the space it deserves. Visit greatmidwestbank.com today. Simply local lending since 1935. You're listening to the 2020 Pro Hoops Bubble Preview Show with Steve Sparky Pfeiffer. Brought to you by All Right Home Remodeling and s Insulation on the fan. All right, that'll do it for tonight's show. Thanks for listening. Don't forget, after the last pitch, you make the switch. Baby, Shane and Blind's post-game show with the franchise Tim Allen. Brewers up 3-0. Homers uh, by Keston Hero gave him the third run of the game. Friday night, Bucks, Celtics. We'll be on afterwards. Big and Save Pro Hoops post-game show presented to you by Mercedes-Benz and Milwaukee of the Milwaukee North here on the fan. Toodles! You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.